right. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Boombastic Cast. But not just any episode, you heard? Um, this is what we call a throwback. It's not real. Well, yeah, I guess so, like a throwback theme. A reoccurring theme, like a reoccurring dream. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're going into our uh, Oscar Scuzz 2022. Um, this is becoming our little themeo. We do it around this time of year, every year. Um, and we're uh, going to talk a little bit about the upcoming Academy Awards, you know what I mean, which have kind of become a little lackluster in more recent years, and by recent years, the COVID years, you know what I mean, to be quite honest with everybody out there right now. Um, yeah, like the last two years, I just don't really care much for, you know, the old Academy of Awards, unfortunately. Um, there's some good films that go there and stuff, but I really, I, you know, keeping up with them, especially with not going to theaters and stuff, you know, you don't really get a chance of going out, you know, uh, back in the Dizay, uh, pre-COVID times, when the films were coming around that I wanted to see that were Academy nominated, I would just go to the theater to see them and whatever I couldn't uh, acquire, I would hopefully, you know, I have a friend, Buddy Botafuga, who's a member of the SAG union and uh, he'd be able to, you know, maybe slide over a screener disc or two and I could check out whatever's kind of popping and um, slide it on back. Never put it into the world of, uh, never put in the world of bootleg. That's horrendous. I wouldn't even keep it for myself. That's dishonest to the world of arts. Um, but I do want to watch to know who's, uh, you know, do a little research on my, 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 my teams, if we're taking the old Super Bowl stance that we've taken many a time with the Academy Awards. But yeah, this year, um, to be honest with you, I don't think I watched a single film. And there's films w- within doing my big research of seeing who was playing, uh, who was who was nominated. I, uh, some things caught my eye that looked like they'd be good times. You know, there's certain, there's films that, that popped off that, you know, I, 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 you know, you come to find out you're a big fan of the director on or something like that. You know what I mean? And, uh, you see certain people are still going. It's like popping your head out of the bunker after COVID-19, you know, the little bomb shelter, <clears throat> you know what I mean? The little, uh, basement hideaway from like the Wizard of Oz type deal. You know what I mean? So we land in the Wizard of Oz right now, which is we're in Hollywood land. Alexander Hawk is uh, right there. He's an arm's reach, but many miles deep away from me at this moment. That's the beauty of technology. How you doing, Alexander the Hawk? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I do have to say one thing that I did find kind of uh, interesting and, and cool about the nominees A lot of them are actors that, because, I mean, when when you watch the nominees uh, throughout the years, you always see reoccurring faces, the same people up for the same awards time and time again. And I do have to say that there is a lot of other actors and actresses that I've never heard of, never seen of. Uh, Some of these uh, projects are the first time really, bringing these people to a forefront that you might not have known before, which I always appreciate because, you know, it's great to see different talent out there and seeing different talent recognized for what they do. 
truth be told, that's the truth, man. You know what I mean? Um, I think the best way to kind of approach this, <clears throat> to give myself, maybe the Hawkman, and some outside people kind of an opinion on uh, what some of the films are, I think maybe we should kind of take a take a moment to talk about, uh, you know, just kind of catch up with some, what some of these, what some of the big films of this year are. You know what I mean? And uh, with that being said, you know, you have The Power of the Dog, you know what I mean? Uh, dramatic romance western from Jane Compton. You know what I mean? Starring Alexander Hawks Boy, Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst. You know what I mean? Jesse yeah. Plemons, Cody Smith, McPhee. Anybody with the last name McPhee is cool with me. <laughs> uh, the film's about a charismatic rancher, Bill Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him when his brother brings home a new wife and her son. Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. Because he was exposed to the possibility of love. Um, This looks like something that I might not be a big fan of. But who's to say, Huck, do you know anything about the power of the dog? Well, I know that um, Power of the Dog is kind of the big, uh, I mean, it's it's the, the one that's up for a lot of nominations. Uh, we've got, you know, Best Supporting Actor, Best uh, Supporting Actress, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, now, the I, I, I remember um, there was a thing that came out not too long ago where you had Sam Elliott that made a big, uh, comment uh, about how he uh, really thought that uh, the movie wasn't that good. That was like pushing, uh, I, I think the the homosexual agenda or what, whatever that is. Yeah. Um. Now the uh, from what I've seen from the trailer and from little bits and pieces here is that I think Cumberbatch is supposed to be. It, it's kind of like going back to. Um, like Brokeback Mountain, in the sense that you have these uh, these people who are supposed to be, you know, uh, alpha males, you know, big, you know, like uh, cowboys. I mean, there's nothing more masculine than cowboys. I mean, in our, like, general, you know, kind of zeitgeist. And uh, the fact that, you know, I think Cumberbatch's character is, you know, really lives that kind of lifestyle, but, you know, he ends up, I guess... Uh, coming out of the closet or, or coming in terms one way or the other with the fact that he himself is a homosexual. Right. Um, and the thing is, I'm open to those kind of stories, and I think it's it's all uh, good to, you know, show different, um, uh, you know, different uh, beliefs and different um, ways of looking at the world and also testing what we... Uh, our, our assumptions of people that live a certain, I mean, when you see, like, you know, before Brokeback Mountain, you had, you know, cowboys, and you're like, well, John Wayne, you know, that is the epitome of man, manhood. And then, you know, you then take that and then question the fact that, you know, some of these guys who uh, show this outward thing of being like the alpha manly men themselves. Uh, you know, homosexual, which is fine and and cool and whatever, mm-hmm. and 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 the fact is that you know, pushing the the fact that you know, 
different. You can't judge a book by its cover kind of aspect. Right. Um, I haven't seen the movie. I have to say, I mean, it had a great cast and and all that, but just never got around to watching it. Yeah, just too busy, I guess. Yo, well, that happens. You know what I mean. I can't, I can't give you hard times for that. I didn't catch this one either. You know what I mean. But yeah. you know, I was looking to the director. Uh, the director's name, of course, is Jane Campion. And uh, I'm not really familiar with any of her films, but I will say that she's been uh, making film longer than I've been around, longer than I've been alive. Uh, her first thing that she has on here is 1982. So one thing I always give credit for is perseverance. Um, so the fact that she's still making films this this late, like it looks like she kind of is coming in her own, coming into her own nowadays. You know, she's getting, uh, you know, she's nominated for Academy Awards, so she kind of showed up to the big party. But looks like she's been plugging away at a while, which I can always pay uh, respect to. I know the Hawkman can too. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing is that you know, in this game, you never know when you're going to get recognized for what you do. Yeah. And uh I mean it's always it's like like Matt said, I mean it actually for me, I think it's greater to see people who have been around for like a long time finally getting recognition. Because yeah. I think sometimes when you have like the new flavor of the month, they come out, they do something cool, and then you nominate them for like an Oscar or something bigger, then you know, it's kind of like you know, ju- jumping ahead because right. then afterwards, you know, you might think that, oh, I've already arrived. But uh, it takes years to really get a good, I think, artistic sense. And yeah. and the thing is that you, you need you need the years to struggle to make good art. At least I think That's so. That's true. That is true. I get down with some Kirsten Dunst all day long till every now and then. <laughs> next up, next up, my friend, Belfast, you know what I mean? A young boy in his working class Belfast family experienced the tumultuous late 1960s. That was a good time. I remember the 1960s. <laughs> oh, oh, only when I'm, I'm, I'm on LSD do I remember the 1960s. That's it? That's your, directed by your boy, if I remember correctly. Aren't you a Gigantor fan of this director? Kenneth um, Branagh. Oh, yeah. Brana. Didn't he do, like, uh, the Ag- Agatha Christie train movie that you liked there, or whatever that was? <laughs> well, Kenneth Branagh has done a lot of Branagh, directing Branagh. and also acting. He's very talented. And, uh, yeah, I've always been a fan of his. And, and he he has a good, uh, good eye, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, storytelling and... Uh, and then all that. I mean, Belfast, unfortunately, is another one I wanted to see, but I, I just haven't gotten around to watching it. I mean, it's one of the problems is uh, Matt made a comment is that unless they, you know, go to Netflix and all that, I mean, very rarely do we end up getting to go to the theaters. And unfortunately, oh, we're not SAG, so we don't get those little screeners. Just putting it out there. <laughs> speak, speak for yourself, kid, because... Pre-COVID, 
I supported the fucking theater tremendously. I was almost, we, almost weekly we were doing $5 Tuesdays. Now you got to say to yourself at home, you're going to only go because it's a $5 Tuesday ordeal. How can you be supporting the theater that much? Those $5 bills add up. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, AMC is changing the name to MAT. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. So Belfast 2021, killing it. Um, did you check? You didn't see that one either? No, no, sorry. Did you see any of these movies? I saw Don't Look Up. Oh, of course. I thought that was really good. Next up, we have uh, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, the famous adaptation of the 1957 musical. West Side Story explores the forbidden love and the rivalry between the Jets and the Sharks, two teenage street gangs of different ethnic backgrounds. Very groundbreaking. Still hot to this day. Topic still buzzing. It's still buzzing, a cousin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've watched any West Side Story, let alone Spielberg's or any of the previous ones. Yeah. How about you? Well, I mean, I saw the original. And um, and also, if I remember correctly, the original did win Best... Uh, best uh, yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. Now, here, here's the thing, okay? Yes. Uh, first of all, it's directed by Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. okay? He, I mean, gotta love the guy. I mean, he's given us so many great uh, films. Um, Epic. But I do have a problem about it being nominated. Okay? Yeah. And my my problem is the fact that, uh, I mean, you you know it's going to be good. Steven Spielberg directed it. Okay? There's no 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 uh, doubt that it's it's done well and it has great quality. My problem is that when... Y- I think the Oscar, there should be a rule that, like, um, remakes should not be, you know, put up for an Oscar nomination. And especially That's remakes cool. of a movie <clears throat> that has already been nominated and won. Okay? <laughs> I mean... Wasn't that the Star is Born thing, too? Wasn't that the same deal? that Didn't that win an Oscar back in the day? Yeah, I mean... Again, like it's kind I of said, like a niche. it's kind of like a niche thing now. That remake of the, you know, the Oscar-winning yeah, musical or the whatever from back yeah, in the day. I, I mean, I mean, my opinion just, is is that with with the Oscars, I mean, the whole point, in my opinion, is trying to promote original ideas, new ideas, new stories, and all that. Okay, right. and. But I mean, when you, I mean, like like you said, Star is Born, and also now you got West Side Story. Did both of those directors and uh, change the story up a little bit, modernize it, change it, you know, and and add their flair? And did they come out being great movies? Yes, but they, I mean, it's it's kind of like going into a poker game with all aces because you kind of like. You're already taking a blueprint of an Oscar movie that already won, which, yeah. I'm, like I said, that's my problem with it. I mean, don't get me wrong, love Steven Spielberg, and if he wanted to do, you know, a West Side Story remake, that's great. I just don't think it should have been nominated for an Oscar because it's like <laughs> coming in with with uh, uh, you know. 
your friend that did a, a, a report the year before you and got an A plus, and now you're handing in the same report, just changing it up a bit. <laughs> like I, was, I said, I, 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 I had a problem with that. I, I just think that it shouldn't have been nominated because it's already been done before and won. So such a big movie. It was surprising. I mean, it was done a long time ago, of course, but I was kind of surprised to hear that Spielberg was directing that, not just not like producing it for somebody else to direct, but he was actually taking the director's chair on that. But I think a lot of people, himself included, really loved that film that much. Should you probably want to? Put yeah, it I mean, don't film. get me wrong. I I think the original one was was uh, good and and all that, but like I said, I just think it's kind of like if anything. <clears throat> I think the Academy Award has to be kind of only open to more original content. Right. If you're taking something that's already been done, that's, you know, is kind of like, uh, yay, this has happened before, now we're doing it again. I mean, it's bad enough that we have nothing but remakes and franchise movies that are limiting the artistic expression. The Oscars themselves should be the artistic expression. I'm with you on that, man. Yeah. Next up, licorice pizza. Okay. Um, which I believe is uh, Paul believe, Thomas Anderson, I believe. Yeah, it's a Paul Thomas Anderson film, but I believe that that licorice pizza is a codename for record. I think. I think okay. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, this film, of course, unfortunately, I, I didn't see this one. This one is unfortunate. I will see it. I'm a Paul Thomas Anderson fan. I've heard a lot of good things about this. I heard a few bad things, but um, nothing too crazy about the film. It was just kind of the themes they thought were a little weird. I guess it kind of dips into some pedophilia a little bit. Spoiler alert. But I heard there's a little pedophilia involved up in it. Uh, you know, it's a story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around and going through the treacherous navigation of first love in San Fernando Valley in 1973. So Tarantino had us in 1969, a couple of years back. And Paul Thomas Anderson just brought us to 1973. You know what I mean? Who will bring us to 1977? That's the true question, but I assume we'll get there soon. Now, Sean Penn, I didn't even realize was in this film, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, Cooper Hoffman and Tom Waits, of course. Tom Waits has come a long way. Super talent, of course, the music world and uh, actor, of course, in his own right. Uh, Known for a lot of those uh, early Jim Jamoosh films, which he's really good in. You didn't see this, I'm guessing, right? No, no. Did I already ask you if you seen it? You only seen that, yeah. Don't look up, which I'm right there with. Well, yeah. Out of out of the um, best picture nominees, Don't Look Up is the only one I've seen. Yeah, I like Paul Thomas Anderson a lot. Uh, I will say this though, unfortunately, if I have to be, I have I have to be honest as a as a, a, a you know what we are, which we we're journalists, talk man. You know what I mean. So I must be honest. I will say. As much as I love Paul Thomas Anderson, um, you know, Incoherent Vice didn't do it for me at all. Phantom Thread didn't do it for me at all. And I believe that was it, right? Did he have something in between Phantom Thread and this? I think that was it. Uh, Not that I can look up. I'd have to check that out. I'm hoping this isn't strike three. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, QT put me through two strikes before... 
when he did Death Proof and then did Inglorious Bastards. And I said, go, QT's donezo. And then he came back with Django, and I was like, woo, all right, he's back on track. Everything's all good. So when I check this out, I'm hoping that I'm going to say the same thing for him because Paul Thomas Anderson uh, has what it takes to be one of the greatest living directors, one of, uh, within the handful of them. But I'd have to check this film out to get the vibe. But I do want to see this. I am looking forward to it. Um, it does kind of have a, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood type vibe look like that throwback, right? That same era type deal. Uh, next up, Dune, which Dune I actually watched. I did see Dune because I watched it on the old HBO Plus, killing it. You know, and unfortunately, with the dog is going through, we only got HBO Plus upstairs because we're uh, the best. You know what I mean? But in the dogs, we've been, we moved downstairs for a little bit because the dog's going through some treatment, going through rehab for her own addiction. And uh, we're trying to get, get him off all that stuff. So we got a guy to hang low. We don't want him going up and down the stairs too often. Uh, so we haven't been watching too much HBO, whereas we're, I would see, and we would see newer movies kind of premiere there first, which I got to give credit to HBO for that. That's cool. Dune, uh, it was really cool to watch. It looked really awesome. You know what I mean? It was the same story, of course. Um, was never a gigantic fan of Dune in general. The films are really, I never read the book, I'm not going to lie. But like the first film, the, the Lynch film, I didn't, didn't really resonate with me. But this one, I mean, it looked cool. The story didn't really trap me in because I kind of knew it. I've been through it before, you know, so it, it kind of lost a little pizzazz. But uh, I still thought it was probably one of the best films, you know, of the year when I've seen it. Um, but I know you've seen Dune, right, Hawkman? Um, I've seen the original. I have not seen the new one. Um, I have to admit, I'm, my, my parents were big fans of the book series. They, they read all that. Um, I tried to read the first book. I really didn't get into it. So when it came out, I wasn't, uh, you know, drawn to watch it. I was yeah. like, okay, cool. They're doing another one. They're going to try to, you know, uh, because a lot of people don't like the David Lynch one. I actually thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but then again, like I said, I wasn't a big fan of the book. So, uh, you know, Lynch doing Lynch was fine by me uh, when it came to, you know, uh, to that rendition. But like I said, I mean, I do want to see the new Dune for the simple fact that I love Dave Batista. Yeah. And he's in that. I definitely wanted to see him in that. But, um, yeah, that's another movie that came out, and I was, yeah, I just wasn't drawn to, you know, check it out. The director has done big. He's beloved right now. Did that Prisoners movie, Sicario, of course, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, He's doing Cleopatra now, I think, so. Another mm. dude going back and doing a movie that he loved, or hopefully he loved. Who knows? Maybe he hated it. Now that's why he wants to do it. Very interesting stuff, though. Um, but I think that'll. I don't think that would be a best picture deal. But I could see that killing it for special effects. Uh, next up, Coda. As a Coda, which is a child of deaf adults, Ruby is the only herring person in a deaf family when the family's fishing business is threatened. 
Uh, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her passion at the Berkeley College of Music and her fear of abandoning her parents. This movie sounds like the winner all across the board already, I think just because politics-wise. I think it's very important that we're getting a deaf movie uh, up nominated for Best Picture for the, for the deaf folks out there. And we know a lot of deaf film people because, you know, we worked, you know, we worked with Arthur Loon uh, way back in the day. He's since retired, I believe, but we worked with a lot of, with him. He was a deaf filmmaker, did Mr. Shaw with them, Conned, House Across the Street. Um, and, you know, he, he brought a lot of uh, deaf folks. Wally, Wally's the best. I talked to Wally recently. He's the, he's the coolest of the ghouliest. Um, but yeah, we definitely support that. It was good to see them getting some love. And, you know, Sabrina Dennison, of course, out there from Insomniac, a deaf actress that is both deaf, D-E-F and D-E-A-F, you know, hip hop coolness and, you know, you know what I mean? Deaf, deaf. So, um, deaf comedy jam for real on the real tip though. She's the shit. She's the best. We love Sabrina Dennison. Um, yeah, this film seems like it's kind of like the the feel good movie of the year a little bit already. You know what I mean? I haven't seen anything else uh, dramatically catch my eye like this one has. Um, usually you kind of scan through and go, well, this one kind of has this element, that element, the other element, the other one, and then this element again that you know people that are voting kind of look for. And um, when I was rolling through, I said, this one's one of those ones that's got me vibing like it might be taking the gold. Um, what's your take on CODA? Well, I mean, I... Uh, it's another one I didn't see, but uh, from what I've heard about it and uh, the uh, little stuff that I've read, I mean, it is good, and I do, uh, I'm a big fan of, you know, going into and, and because, I mean, you can argue about, uh, you know, uh, different uh, groups have been, you know, focused on throughout the years, but the deaf community uh, really hasn't. But in recent years, it's starting to get more of attention. For example, like uh, Quiet Place and yeah. Quiet Place 2. I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, was it Jeff Kalinsky is the guy who did John, that? John Kalinsky. Yeah. yeah, John. Well, I mean, he fought to have like a deaf woman, uh, deaf girl in that. Yeah. And, and it, it's... It's really important because I I like it when they take a chance to focus on a group that know that for the most part a lot of people don't know much about or exp or, or, or see through their eyes. So I thought that was a good thing that you know you have a story focusing on those kind of trials and tribulations. And, um, yeah, I just really thought that was a good thing. And, uh, and I like, because I think when it comes to disabilities, a right. lot of people like to just ignore it and pass by it. True. And it's, it's, it's good when it's focused in a healthy uh, way and, and people are, you know, delving into it and trying to explain the situation of it. I'm with that. Yeah, I think they'll go far. 
It'll go far like drive in my car. Uh, next up, drive my car. A renowned stage actor and director learns to cope with his wife's unexpected passing, spoiler alert, uh, when he receives an offer to direct the production of Uncle Vanya in Hiroshima. Now, not quite familiar with uh, Uncle Vanya <clears throat> or this film, but try not to hold that against me, folks. You know what I mean? I wouldn't like that. Um, this gentleman here will have all his movies on the Criterion Collection by in two years' time. Everything he's ever done will be on the Criterion Collection. Now, that's all I know. That's all I know. Uh, what do you know about this, Alexander the Hawk? I I know about as much as you do, honestly. That's I did not even know about this movie until it was, you know, put up in the nominations. Yeah. Um and again another one that uh that passed me by. Um I mean also another thing is I mean I've heard of the play uh Uncle Vanya I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't re- don't remember what the plot or the story of that is about, awesome. so I can't even delve into to to a uh, guess or figure out what the story is really about. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. It unfortunately, it's one of those movies that completely went under the radar, as far as I I was concerned. I didn't know any. I didn't even hear about it until I was looking through the nominations. Well, don't beat yourself up about it. Beat yourself up about the lost daughter. Try and find her. Um, a woman's beach vacation takes a dark turn when she begins to confront the troubles of her past. Uh, director Maggie Gyllenhaal, you know she's stepping up and doing director and stars Olivia. Coleman, Jesse Buckley, Dakota Johnson, and Ed Harris. When I hear Ed Harris, that's when uh, the, it reminds me of the premise, the, the, the plot where uh, the vacation takes a dark turn. Ed Harris, is, I feel, is going to be that dark turn. You okay. know what I mean? Um, always a pleasure to see Ed Harris on the screen. I like how um, he's unpredictable. He's an unpredictable actor, which I enjoy. Maggie Gyllenhaal, I'm not really a big fan of her acting work. I'm not gonna, I, I can't hate. Um, big, powerful Hollywood family, so don't crush my big world, my big dreams of being a big Hollywood, uh, big Hollywood filmmaker. Don't do that to me, guys. Come on. Uh, I look forward to the days where the the dreamastic cast folks talk about whether or not Matt Fisher and Alexander Hawk will win the Academy Awards that year. But yeah, the la- the last the lost daughter, the lost daughter rather than the last daughter, was one of those uh, films that went way over my radar. But if it was on my radar, I probably wouldn't see it either way. So, with that being said, Hawkman, do you have anything to say about the last uh, or the lost daughter? Oh, the uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Bring That's me bad a- luck. I'm, I'm, get a so real bad, I'm so no, not you, the movie. I'm getting a real bad vibe from the aura of that movie. I don't think it's gonna win anything. We'll see how it goes for it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that is another one like Drive My Car that I didn't know anything about that until, you know, saw it in the nominees. A lot of these that ended up in the nominees, you know, I mean, they came out and, you know, I 
didn't hear anything about them until, you know, the nominees were dropped. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Next up, King Richard. Uh, a look at how tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after the coaching from their father, Richard Williams. Director, Ronaldo, Marcus Green, stars, Will Smith, Aunt Janu Ellis, John Bernthal, and Sania, Sydney. Uh, this, this, one, this could be a cool flick. I could see this one doing pretty good. It's interesting. It's the story of that. You know, Will Smith's really good. I enjoy Will Smith. Um, you know, he's been getting tra- dragged through the mud a little bit recently with the girl, the wife there, cheating on him or fucking. She dogged him heavy on some show, I remember. Poor fucking dude. What happened to being the Fresh Prince, dude? Now yeah. he's, the, he's the fucking Fresh, fresh fucking uh, Joker, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Fresh yeah. Prince of fucking what? Come on, man. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I saw the. I mean, I didn't see the movie, but I did see the trailer. I mean, it looks cool. I mean, I mean, Will Smith is 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 a very talented gentleman, and yeah. uh, he's, and of course, I mean, watching the trailer, I, it's obvious that he brought his a game. I'm positive that uh, he he definitely deserved being nominated for best actor. And uh, I'm, I, I have to say won? that uh, what has he ever won? But did he win for Pursuit of Happiness? Because he's been hitting some big dramas out of them. No, big, no, I I don't won. think he's won. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, of huh. what was it like last year or the year before? Uh, there was a big thing because he was even nominated when he played. I forget the character, but uh, the doctor that was going in and, and, and trying to uh, bring the attention that concussions in football players were, you know, life-threatening uh, ailments. And, you know, there was a movie about that. I forget the name of it. Right. I mean, he did a great job in that. Um, I mean, Will always brings his A game when it comes to uh, his films. And like I said, from looking at the trailer, I, I will not be surprised if uh, – if he wins the Oscar for this one, because he's definitely really good uh, just in the trailer. So I'm um, the fresh Chester of Bel-Air was the joke I was going for earlier. I couldn't quite pull it off. So let's hope Will has better luck than I did. You know what I mean? Uh, in that situation. Uh, next up, Tick, Tick, Boom. On the cusp of his 30th birthday, a promising young theater composer navigates love, friendship, and the pressures of life as an artist in New York City. Um, now, I've seen this. You've seen this one? I've seen this one, yeah. Starring your boy, Andrew Garfield. Hey, dude, I'm a mean, big fan. Big fan yeah, of Andrew. Alexandra Ship, Robin DeJesus, <laughs> or Jesus, but, however she does it. But, but uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, I mean, I watched it. I really liked not only Andrew Garfield's portrayal of the character, but what I also really loved was, you know, the, the, how they incorporated the, the music and the songs and going from the different time periods in his life. Yeah. And then, and another thing that now the character Andrew Garfield plays is the guy who created the musical Rats. 
Okay. Rent. Rent. You know the oh, musical. Yeah, before we get into the story, did this movie have a different title at one point, or no? No. All right. So he's this is the guy that this is based off the dude that wrote Rent. Yes. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, the guy who wrote Rent. Okay. Yeah. Um, died before the first premiere. Really. Yeah. And this story is the lead up to where, where he gets to um, uh, create. So the entire movie isn't about him creating rent. It's all about, you know, all the stuff that leads up to the point where he ends up comp- uh, doing rent. I like that. I like that dynamic. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, the first uh, the first part is it takes place like at the very beginning. He's been working on this script, yeah, uh, of this theater production for I forget how many years, and he finally gets it up. He performs it in front of you know some great people, but it didn't go anywhere, right? And and the thing is that. Uh, his agent, I, I believe, made a comment to him. He says that, of course, he has, I mean, as as us artists, we all have this moment where we're like, screw this, we're going to give up. I mean, I just spent 25 years of my life focusing on this one thing. You know, all my hopes and dreams were on this. And then you unfortunately get the note saying, I'm sorry, this isn't going to happen. Right. And then within another, I think, two or three years, he writes another um, uh, uh, performance, which mm-hmm. is pretty much a performance about his experience getting that play off the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that performance itself gets him some more interest. And then, Right before, uh, right after that is when he creates Rent, the one thing he gets known for, and it's and and it deals with the the highs and the lows of of struggling as an artist and trying to make your dream a reality, which both Matt and myself understand way too well. Yeah, maybe I'll have to check it out. It's, I mean, on. I have to say, personally, for me, that was my favorite movie of this year. And uh, because it's, it spoke to me. I mean, the thing is, for me, that if you want me to get really into a film, it has to, has to speak to me on one, one or many levels. And yeah. Tick, Tick, Boom definitely did. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Uh, next up, Don't Look Up. You know, we both seen that. That was fun. That was on the Netflix. Two, two le- low-level astronomers, uh, astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy the planet. Uh, directed by Adam McKay. I think it's Adam McKay's best vehicle thus far. Uh, film-wise, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett. Great. They had a great... Uh, Layout of people at Jonah Hill was also in there, and probably a handful of other cool folks. Yeah, that was a cool film. You know, it was kind of accurate to what was going down. Um, 
in the media, you know, I thought it was really fun, you know, kind of hit that. We like to kind of get into the conspiracy stuff a little bit sometimes and they're really far-fetched. It had a very Dr. Strangelove vibe to it. Um, and it was kind of a lot of fun. It was a bleak movie, but it was a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the thing is that I I, I liked it because it's, unfortunately, it, it, it shines a light on our society right now right. that people will rather hide their heads in the sand than deal with the reality of what's coming. And, uh, and even in your darkest hours, people have a tendency to still be selfish. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was well done. Uh, and, and, and I liked the performances. I thought, I thought it was well done. And uh, I think it had a lot to say on, you know, our society and how we look at media and the news and government and, and all of that. I thought it was uh, a nice little introspective look <laughs> at what we uh, are dealing with right now. Yeah, I agree for sure. It was fun. Uh, next up, a film that I did not see, but I do plan on seeing in the future because I enjoy the filmmaker, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Ah. Uh, yeah, a Scottish lord becomes convinced by a trio of witches that he will become the next king of Scotland, and his ambitious wife supports him in his plans of seizing power. I think this would be kind of cool. I could see this being cool. Director Joel Cohen, you know what I mean, from the famous Cohen Brothers uh, yeah. duo, starring Denzel Washington. Uh, of course, it's Francis McDormand. Got to be up in that mo trucker yeah. if uh, Cohen's doing it. Alex Hassel, Bertie Carvel. Uh, again, I'd like to see it. I bet it's really good. You know what I mean? I haven't heard much about it at all. It kind of went under the radar a bit. But um, I, uh, yeah, I definitely it's something I'm, I'll be looking out for. How about you, Hawkman? Well, I mean, I, as you know, I'm a huge Shakespeare nut. I, I, I'm a big – I I love uh, Shakespeare's works. Yeah. Um, I mean, Macbeth, I have to admit, is not my favorite one, but I definitely do enjoy it. And it does deal with, uh, you, know, you know, all the uh, the, the question of, um, you know, what is fate, is, uh, you know, self-fulfilling uh, prophecies almost – yeah. And and of course, you know the the want and almost need for power that you know ends up uh, corrupting even good people. And uh, yeah, and, and plus you got Denzel Washington as Macbeth, so you already know that you're uh, you know it's going to be a very well done movie, and you know that Denzel will bring his A game. Yeah, I definitely do want to watch it. Another movie that, again, I saw the trailer for it, totally psyched about it, but just haven't gotten around to seeing it yet. That'd be one of those cool films to be on the set of, to see the dynamic of Joel Cohen and Denzel Washington working. You know what I mean? I love the collaborative efforts, too. I like to to see the, the dynamic of how much collaboration's there and such. Next up, Nightmare Alley, a grifter working his way up from low-ranking carnival worker to lauded psychic medium matches wits with the psychiatrist bent on exposing him. 
uh, very fun plot. Guillermo del Toro, our boy, you know what I mean? Director, you know, he's magnificente. Uh, whenever he drops something from this point forward, you can expect to see it in the big show. Stars Bradley Cooper, your boy. Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, killing it. Willem Dafoe, always good to see Dafoe in films that are getting big attention. He's one of those dudes that can bounce around where he'll do like an indie film, not too indie, but indie enough. And then he'll do like the biggest film of all time that year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you see Nightmare Alley? I did not see the movie. Um, I mean, I saw the trailer. It looked, it's funny because I saw a lot of reviews from, you know, uh, the people who've seen it that were like, it's not really good. It's kind of hammy or other things like that. I mean, and uh, I, I always like Guelmo del Toro's style. I always, uh, and I always know that no matter what his project is that he goes in and he, you know, you know, he wants to, you know, meld it into a very good and artistic display. Um, he creates a world. He's one of those directors that kind of creates a world that you go into like yeah. a fantasy weird world that he created. Yeah. It's good. Good times. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it, but, um, I'm sure it's it's good. I mean, I I have a lot of faith when it comes to Guelmo that uh, it's going to it, even if it's not like his best work, it's going to be just looking at the set dressing and the style and the uh, and and everything together. You know, there's going to be an interesting visual kind of um, uh, banquet. Yeah. I guess is a good get a best way to say it. Yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out sooner or later. Yeah. Next up, House of Gucci, uh, directed by Ridley Scott, which I didn't realize, you know, which actually makes me want to watch it. I heard some good things about this being this crazy madness when Patricia Reggiani, an outsider from Humble Beginnings, marries into the Gucci family. Her unbridled ambition begins to unravel their legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of betrayal, decadence, revenge, and untimely murder. This, is, this sounds really good. This, uh, this sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Lady Gaga's in it. You know, she just, I think last, the previous year she won, or maybe the year before she won for uh, Star is Born. Born. Adam yeah. Driver, who's a dude that I, I, I don't appreciate him in everything he does, but every now and then he slides into the perfect role for him. And this one almost looks like this might be a good vehicle for Adam Driver. You got the Pacino King in it, dude. How could you... How could you have any self-respected movie without the Pacino King? And uh, and Jeremy Irons is there, too. You know what I mean? Ironing out the situation, making sure everything's all cool. Uh, You haven't seen House of Gucci, have you? I haven't seen it. I mean, I've seen the trailer, and I've also, again, seen people comment on it. Uh, I've heard a lot of negative reviews about it. Um, Now, here's the thing. I am... I kind of have a morbid curiosity with this film, okay? And that is that when I watch the trailer, I can't stop but laughing. I laugh from the beginning of the trailer to the end of the trailer. It is fucking hilarious. Um, I don't know if that's intentional or whether it is kind of like... um, 
like I, Tanya, we're supposed to be a dark comedy or whether it's supposed to be extremely serious. And and the reason I'm saying I find the trailer so funny to watch yeah. is now, first of all, even though Jared Leto doesn't say anything, just his look, okay, I I, I can't help but laugh. I, I, I'm, I don't know the guy he's, he's based on. I haven't seen, like, his picture. Maybe he looks exactly like the, the original guy. And that, but just, I don't know, just something about Jared Leto at, dressed up as that, that guy in the movie. He looks hilarious to me. Right. Okay? I can't take him seriously. Secondly, again, Lady Gaga, I mean, I enjoy her music. Uh, I mean, I'm neither here or there when it comes to her as an actress or anything else, uh, but now her <clears throat> her accent, okay, for her role is Gucci. Now, again, I don't know whether this is a, a uh, exactly how the woman she's playing talks because mm-hmm. I mean I I don't know, but whenever I hear her talk, all I hear is uh, Jersey Shore. I'm sorry. Yeah. Every time she says anything like Father God in the House of Gucci, I mean, that, that scene itself, I can't help but just laugh. I, I keep on seeing Snooky every time she talks in that trailer. So, I mean, again, I do kind of have a morbid curiosity to see whether, I mean, it would have been smart to go kind of the dark uh, comedy route like they yeah. did with I, Tanya. Yeah. I mean, if they were trying to make this seriously and it really comes out more comical, uh, it, it might or might not work depending on you know, whether they realize how, how kind of funny it seems, at least to me, because I can't help but just, I, I'm just waiting to see, you know, the situation, man. Oh, no. Show me some R-E-S-P-C-T, kid. Some respect. <laughs> Uh, which is also uh, the Aretha Franklin movie. You know what I mean, I, I mean, I love uh, R E S P E C T. You kidding me, Kate? That's uh, glorious. You know what I mean? That's some good stuff. How you doing over there? Okay, okay. So uh, I must have missed that one. That's. Uh... That's another movie that Aretha Franklin. I must have missed yeah, they that. Did a, I'm just gonna, there's a couple I want to just finish up on there. We'll pop into it. Yeah, like the Respect movie. I don't know if it'll win anything. Um, that Lucy movie looked interesting. I want to check that out because, yeah. um, you know, Nicole Kidman, and which I can give or take, uh, not from sexually or anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Javier Bardem, I'm a big fan of. J.K. Simmons is the man. Mm-hmm. Um Nicole Kidman's good, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be willing to see this just because I grew up watching reruns of I Love Lucy a lot, like a lot of people did. So I'd be yeah. curious to see. I know the dynamic wasn't that good behind the scenes. I think there was a TV miniseries made recently, too, as well. And I, I think yeah. one of them doesn't dive so deep into the abuse and how fucking much of kind of an animal Desi was. But... um I want to see the one that dives into how much of an animal he was because I'm very curious of what that what that life was like. What's your take? 
I mean, uh, that's a, uh, this is another one. I saw the trailer. I didn't see the movie. I definitely do want to see the movie. It looks uh, looks interesting. Um, I mean, I like Nicole Kidman. Uh, big fan of J.K. Uh, Simmons. Um, but yeah, I mean, the 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 fact is, uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, that whole situation. Um, they were very interesting. I. I mean, from the things that I've read, that yeah, Desi was definitely a philanderer. Uh, you know, you know, he cheated on Lucy, cheater. and hmm? he was a cheater. He was a cheater. Yeah, I beat her and up. He, I believe too. Uh, I don't. I didn't know about that, but to be perfectly honest, I'm not surprised if he did. I can't speculate. I guess I have to speculate. Uh, but I, I'll speculate that I believe he, he used to practice his boxing skills with her. Well, I mean, the thing is that uh, I always respect, I always was a big fan of Lucy. I Desi, love Lucy. I, she was hot as hell, too. She was super cute. Yeah. You see some of those pictures of her, like, shooting Lucy behind-the-scenes stuff. She's very attractive. Like, Oh, yeah. She doesn't well, come off as attractive on the show, though. I think it's the red well, hair thing that really kind of America couldn't handle it. You want to know the funny thing yeah. is that uh, the reason Lucy has red hair yeah. was because I think Lucy was a natural blonde. I think. And Desi punched her so much that she got red hair? That's horrible. No, no, no. Because blonde is sexy. Red is funny. That's, That's why she dyed her hair, because when she was trying to pitch them about doing comedy, they're like, Lucy, you can't do comedy. You're, you're, you're hot. You're good looking. Okay? No one's going to, you know, watch you do comedy if you're good looking. And at that time, red hair. I mean, now you, you look at a woman with red hair and you're like, whoa, she's, you know, hot. But... Back then, they they, they thought red hair was, you know, funny. So that's why she dyed her hair red. Yeah. It took took our our friend and guest, Gary K. Wolf, to make redhead super sexy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Gillian Anderson. Mm, Yes. And uh, uh, Lockhart. I forget her first name. Abby? Abby Lockhart? She was in Private Parts in uh, Bordello of Blood. Oh, oh, Angie Everhart. Angie, yeah, Angie Everhart. How could I be so disrespectful? (laughs) Next up, The French Dispatch, the new Wes Anderson film. I'll check that out eventually. Uh, I enjoy Wes Anderson a lot, but his films do kind of... He, 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 he's, when he does those, those, he's been doing those stop motion animal movies for a little too long now. He's lost his mind, I think. I'm going to get him in front of some people, get him shooting some people. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, he's always kind of killing it with that. You know what I mean? That's what I think. So that's our, uh, that's kind of a rundown of the films, but let's kind of, we don't want to go too crazy long. Let's get into so, so well, who we think is going to win some of these awards, shall we? Okie dokie. All right. First up, we have uh, actress in a supporting role. All right. Uh, and, you know, the, the people are, we have Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog. We have Anjane Ellis, King Richard, 
Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter. I'm not feeling any positivity for that movie, unfortunately. I don't think it's going to win big. And Judy Dench in Belfast. What, what, what do you think? What film do you think is going to be taking the big king and win? Uh, are we talking about supporting actress or, or uh, like the movie overall? I'd say best uh, act, supporting role, actress in a supporting role. Uh that's a good a good question. Um, let's see. Well, um, I mean, looking at these, I I have to, I have to go with Judy Dench always. Yeah. No matter what, I I know the thing is most likely uh, that she's not going to win for uh, because Judy Dench is always always. I mean, whenever she's in in a, a movie that yeah. is uh, up or considered for like a um, uh, Oscar, okay, right. uh, and Judy Dench is related, they always have to put her up there because. Judy yeah. Dance is such a phenomenal actress. Right. Whether she's supporting, whether she's starring. I mean, honestly, you can have a cameo with Judy Dench and that'd be the best uh performance in the entire movie, no matter who else you have in it. Okay. I agree with you. I agree with and you. And I haven't seen Belfast, I haven't seen some of the others, but me personally if Judy Dance's name is up there, she's going to always get my vote, no matter what, because she is such a great actress. She's so iconic. And I I I just I mean honestly, to be perfectly honest, I do have a crush on her. I oh. can't help it. I love her. And She uh, loves you, dude. She loves you. I talked to her the other day. <laughs> so I have to say, I mean I'm, I would put my hat in the ring for Judy Dench. And like I said, she probably won't get it for the fact that you have a lot of un- uh, younger, you know, uh, females that are coming out making big splashes. Yeah. And Judy Dench I mean, has been around uh, for a while. And uh, they probably think, you know, it's time for someone else. But like I said, I mean, I, Judy Dench is. is is my number one gal. Well, I'm with that. I, I With this one, I'm probably going to have to go with Ariana DeBose just because I know how much people like from West Side Story because I know how much people like romance, love, and singing. Romance, love, and singing musicals will save the world. So that's why I think uh, Ariana's probably going to take it. Yeah. Plus, I know an Ariana personally, so I think that might be the, the deal. Um, best cinematography we have Nightmare Alley, The Tragedy of Macbeth, The Power of the Dog, Dune, West Side Story. Uh, what do you think will be best win best cinematography? Um, that's a good, good question. Um, I'm going to have to go with the tragedy of Macbeth. That's a good pick because I bet that it looks really cool with it got that medieval type look. Well, I mean, when I saw the trailer, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I really like the style of Nightmare Alley. 
and and of course Dune and West Side Story. I mean, they all look really good. But tragedy, the tragedy of Macbeth. When I saw the trailer, it looks more stylized, more artistic. I mean, not saying that the other ones aren't, but uh, like okay. I said, it, it felt like more of like move a moving picture, as in that you have like a portrait and the portrait starts moving. That's how it kind of felt watching the trailer for Macbeth. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I would throw my hat in the ring uh, for Macbeth. Um, West Side Story uh, and and uh, and Dune, uh, I'm sure they were shot really well. But, you know, it's it's not showing me anything I haven't seen from another film. Yeah. And that's the same thing with, like, uh, The Power of the Dog. I mean, it's... I when I watched the trailer, I didn't see anything that really like hit me visually. I mean, the story looks cool and interesting, but visually, it didn't really strike me. No, and I'm, I'm, Nightmare Alley, I mean, it looks good, but again, the cinematography didn't bring me in. So I'd have to go with the Tragedy and Macbeth. No, I'm with you on that. I um. The Tragedy of Macbeth was in my top three. I had top three for this one. It was hard to break down because they were so magnificent. I had Tragedy of Macbeth, I had Nightmare Alley, and I had Dune. And by the end of it, <clears throat> by the end of it, I probably had to go with, you know, yeah, man, it was a real tough one. I like Guillermo a lot. You know, I like the, the Coen brothers a lot, but this isn't a best director nomination. You know what I mean? So my guess is they're probably going to give it to Dune because uh, it was such an elaborate, huge film capturing a lot of stuff. You know, there was CGI within it too. So they got to work around both, you know, and a lot of Nightmare Alley CGI, but not so much. Uh, I think a little more CGI worked into Dune, I'd say. And, there was a lot of stuff you were capturing that you didn't know was there while you were shooting it. So I'd probably say that Dune would probably get best cinematographer. Free, rather, fee. The fee. Um, best visual effects. Uh, we have, you know, nominated. Uh, we have Dune's nominated. Uh, free Guy with your boy. No Time to Die, the James Bond. Spider-Man No Way Home and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. Um, I, right off the bat, I'm just going to have to say, because of what I just said in my previous statement, I'd probably have to say best visual effects is going to go to Dune. What's your opinion on uh, visual effects for these movies? Well, I mean, the funny thing is, uh, this is the one I've seen the most. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I saw Free Guy... Free Guy was, um, I mean, semi enjoyable, but uh, yeah, no, that that, I mean, as as if we're going with special effects, yeah. it was okay, but nothing mind blowing. Okay. Uh, uh, Sang Chi again, another thing that it was, again, a lot of great special effects, and it was it. I mean, I enjoyed the movie a lot more than I did Free Guy. But, you know, the special effects, again, didn't wow me or anything like that. Yeah. 
No Time to Die is kind of the same thing. I mean, it's a James Bond movie. And mm-hmm. yeah, it had special effects, but it wasn't a special effects heavy movie, in my opinion. Yeah. They can hate on the Bond. Yeah, I agree. Now, I mean, for me, it's between two. It's Dune definitely is very high up there. Mm. And Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. Now, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, you've got a lot of uh, special effects. You've got a lot of different characters and, and things going on. It's constantly going. It's constantly moving with so much you know, stuff going on. And uh, Dune, while it is also extremely um, special effects heavy, I like I said, I only saw the trailer for that, so I haven't seen. I don't think it's as much. It's it, it didn't feel like a overload of like you know constant um, you know special effects going off. So since my pal Matt chose Dune. I'm going to go and ch- uh, choose uh, Spider-Man No Way Home as the uh, special effects extravaganza uh, for this, um, you know, nomination. Just to go against me? You're always doing that. Dude, dude, I mean, come on. We can't always, you know, pick the same thing. I- I'm I willing to take the, the dark horse. You know? we'll, see. we'll see what happens Academy when the Academies come out. Um, yeah. Animated feature. Usually you see all you see seen all these movies, <coughs> but uh, nominations go to the Mitchells versus the Machines, Flea, Encanto, Raya and the Last Dragon, and Luca. Um, I haven't seen any of these, so judging by the titles, I'm going to say either Luca or Encanto is going to win. And I'm going to say the winner of those two will probably be Encanto. Alex, what do you think for best animated movie? Well, I mean, I know this is going to break your heart, but I haven't seen any of these either. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. I'm usually the animated dude here. But um, I I guess I'm going to have to break ranks after what I just said before, and I have to join my pal Matt on this. Uh, Going with Encanto for the simple fact that it, uh, from what I've read and what I've heard, that uh, it's uh, it's an interesting story that deals with so many different types of people, different backstories, different kind of dealing with a family with uh, you know. You know different uh, aspects, and yeah. it look, it looks really cool. I mean, I didn't see it, but I hear a lot of stuff. I see a lot of people, you know, talking about making you know these connections and and saying how great this film is. Right. And all the other films on this list, I have yet to hear any any big, you know, explanation about you know how much they like it or or anything about the film. So yeah. I go with Encanto because uh, that seems to be the only one out of these that people are, are talking about. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, though, Best Supporting Actor, my friend. We have The Power of the Dog. The Power of the Dog actually has Cody Schmidt-McPhee as well as Jesse Plemons nominated. So their friendship's about to be over forever, perhaps. <laughs> 
Uh, also, Syrian Hens for Belfast and J.K. Simmons, our boy, for being the Ricardos. Uh, did I do Troy Costor of Coder as well? He's in there too. How could I forget him? Yeah. Um, you know, with this one right here, I'm going to, you know, Coda's got a special place on my heart because um, I got so much love for the deaf community. So I'm going to go, I'm going to put my hopes into a yes on Coda on this because I feel the deaf community needs, uh, needs uh, some kudos, some, some, some pat on the back saying, well done. You're, you're recognized for being great in this field as well. You know what I mean? What, who, what's your take for best supporting actor of those folks? Well, I mean, since, since you left our boy, since you left our boy, I'm going to have to take our boy's side, man. JK, you, get a, you, you J- can go stand with JK, dude. It's all right. Hey, hey. <clears throat> I mean, I think everyone here are, are, are um, you know, talented actors. Yeah. I mean, Jake, JK is, is, is one of my favorite character actors that he's been, you know, you know, um, you worked with Sam Raimi for crying out loud. Though. Yeah, I mean he's constantly working. He's he's every time he has a role, he he nails it. And uh, oh, I mean, whenever I see J.K., I can't help but you know check it out because I'm a huge fan, and I don't think he's gotten an Oscar yet, and I think he definitely deserve it. I mean, he like I said, I mean. You watch Whiplash. You watch all these other uh, other films, and uh, yeah, he no. he owns whatever role, role he has. And I have to say, I'll stand with J.K. on this one. They're giving us the music, so we got to speed this up a little bit. All right, sorry, I didn't mean to do that, but it's the Academy. It's not me. Uh, next up, best international feature uh, nominations are Flea. The Worst Person in the World, which is the, isn't that Alexander Hawk's book? Yeah. Drive My Car, The Hand of God, <clears throat> Lunana, Ayak in the Classroom. Um, what do you think who's the best international feature over there, Hawkenstein? I'm going to go with Drive My Car. I'm going to go Drive My Car, too. Haven't seen it, but I... You know, when I hear drive my car, baby, won't you drive my car? That's all that I can, that's all I can think of. So I got to give it the win for that. So well, I think that, best, yeah. yeah. Plus also, I mean, it's, it's also, it's got the, the film related. I like the film. Rela- I haven't seen it, but it's got the, it's about a director, which I can appreciate him making a film. But yeah, I mean, the thing is that when you have like an, uh, a, a film from another country that usually ends up being a uh, best picture nominee. I mean, usually, not saying always. Usually, if if it's not going to get the uh, best picture nominee, it's going to get the international, and um, that's why I'm picking for that. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've had Parasite that did both of them, but um, but when Parasite came out. Everyone heard about it. Everyone heard a, a lot of buzz about it. Uh, Drive My Car, we really haven't. So I would say probably get the international feature film over the actual, um, you know, the, the you know, best picture nominee, uh, best picture Oscar. Yeah. I, I, 
best international feature. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. That I uh, think it's going to get the best international feature, but not the um, you know best picture. I hear you. All right, best costume design nominations are West Side Story. I don't remember them being that crazy. Just old timey, you know what I mean? Uh, Serrano, uh, Nightmare Alley, Cruella, and Dune. What's your take? What do you think about this one? Um, I mean, I would go with Cruella. Yeah. For the fact that it was a very unique style and uh, very eye-catching style. Now, with Dune, um, yeah, they had to create a lot of different costumes. But from my memory, I've looked at the trailers, they all seemed pretty bland. It wasn't like any outstanding, you know. And then, of course, you know, I, I know that for for this Oscar, a lot of times they like it, just give it to the old-timey. You know, they'll probably give it to West Side Story because, you know, I mean, that's usually what they do with, uh, with the um, costume design is give it to the old-timey uh, films. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, with Cruella, their style, there's, there's, there's playfulness. They, they added and created their own style. I so that's why, like, I, would, uh, that's why okay. I would go with Cruella. I always like Cruella's style, too. The black and white was always something really yeah. cool. All right, next up, we have Best Original Screenplay. Uh, the nominees are <clears throat> Licorice Pizza, Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, The Worst Person in the World. This is this is a hard one to pick from, especially because I've only seen half the movies, knowing that the other half are probably just as good as the ones I've seen. Um, or rather the one movie I seen from the thing. Um, I feel like the other ones are probably good contenders too. Um, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson's kind of known for his writing as well. I don't know if the Cohen, I don't know if the Cohen brothers wrote King Richard, but if they did, it would all cut the, the, the Academy is usually pretty hard on the Coens to the degree they'll nominate them, but they really have to make a great, Coen Brothers film for them to get the love for it. Um, what are you thinking? What's your What's your opinion on? Um, I mean, personally, I would go with Don't Look Up. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I've, I know I haven't seen the other ones, but the thing is that with Don't Look Up, it's it was a you know a satirical comedy that poked fun at the situation we're currently in. And whenever you have a good satirical comedy like that, you always, uh, in my case, I'll always throw my hat behind it because it requires a lot more work. I mean, the other ones like uh, King Richard is based on reality and, 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 and all that, which not saying that it doesn't mean that takes away from it, but when you're trying to craft something that isn't real, that isn't based on something, but is trying to, you know, show you the the flaws in the human psyche, which I right. think don't look up really does. Yeah, I think that it, it requires it, it is harder than you know taking 
a something that really happened and then ex- expounding upon it. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they'll give it to Belfast because you're, the younger the character, the more the more the awards. Um, and this true follows a kid and his family, which you know you're going through a certain turbulent time. Um, Licorice pizza seems almost fun, like a fun, um, lighthearted romp of life. You know what I mean? Don't look up is don't look up looks more like looks like there's a lot of improv in it, which to me I remember. So King Richard, I mean, you're adapting uh, the works of the great one. So like, yeah, you know what can you really do? So I don't know. You really can't outdo the work. So you know what I mean. So I don't know if King Richard will get it. And the worst person in the world I'm not really familiar with. But I think Belfast has kind of a couple of the formula materials that uh, require big winning for uh, the original screenplay this year. Now, the other one, the best adapted screenplay nominees are uh, Coda, The Power of the Dog, The Lost Daughter, Drive My Car, and Dune. Again, with Dune, it's like I think books and stuff, it's very difficult to kind of give them Unless they're sweeping the whole thing, I don't think books will really catch. Um, unless they're sweeping the whole awards with everything, I don't really think a book's going to catch best adapted. Well, I guess they're all adapted. So, yeah, that, that's kind of stupid of me to say. <laughs> but with this one, whenever Coda's in the running, man, I'm going to give it up to Coda because I support the deaf film community. They get all my love and support. So I'm going to say Coda. And you're probably going to have to agree with me because how can you go against that, right? Well, I mean, the thing is that I agree with you, um, but when it comes to adapted screenplay, yeah, um, I mean, I don't know what Coda is based on, what, what it's adapting from, okay? Um, now, while I haven't read the books, uh, the Dune books, like I said, my folks have, and I know that my dad has, has watched, you know, Dune, and he said that it's very um, close to the book, yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, when my dad saw the uh, uh, the, uh, the the Lynch version, he was he really hated it because right. he was like, it didn't follow the book. It had nothing to do with it. Yeah, you know, he he, he didn't like how how Lynch did, it. but he liked how they recently did it. So yeah. I mean, I'm going with my father's opinion on. Because when you do an adapted screenplay, not only can you, you know, you can change and modify, but you also have to stay true to the source material. Unfortunately, the other stuff, I don't know the source material to jump from. Uh, But in my case, my dad knows, uh, he he, he read all the books. Did your dad give you all your answers to this, all your picks? Or do you have any any opinions for yourself? (laughs) You're funny. (laughs) Your but when it comes when it comes to Dune, I'm I'm leaning on my father's opinion, okay? Because I haven't seen it, he has, and uh, I'm leaning on other things. Yeah. Well, anyway, wow. so like I said, I'd uh, you know I'll I'll throw my hat behind Dune on adaptive screenplay. Okay. screenplay. Good pick. Best documentary feature: Attica, Flea. Writing with Fire, Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, and Ascension. Um, I didn't see any of these. Um, 
I wouldn't want to be in Attica. I don't like to be chased, so I'm not down with Flea. I don't. I write with a keyboard and pens. I don't write with Fire. Ascension, I'm cool where I'm at. So I'll probably go with the Summer of Soul because I got, I got so much soul. They call me the Soul Brother, and I can't be televised. <laughs> well, I, I'll I'll throw my hat behind Attica because Attica, Attica. Oh, yeah. That's enough to get it right there, you know what I mean? Heck yeah. All right. Best original song. We got Encanto, Don't Look Up, No Time to Die, Belfast, Four Good Days. Um, I'd probably go with No Time to Die. I think who did that? Billy Billy Eilish. Uh, and some some kid. Um, I know I liked that Adele one. That was nice. I'll say Billy Eilish because my niece was a fan of Billy Eilish for a little bit. So my guess is No Time to Die. It probably shouldn't win, but my guess is it'll probably win. What do you think, Marty? Uh, well, I'm going to go with um, Encanto. Oh. Because, I mean, like I said, um, I hear a lot of good things about it. I hear that there's, there's a lot of great songs and music in it. Um, so I'll go with Encanto on that one. Okay. Best Director. All right, we got Jane Campion, Power of the Dog, Ryunsuke Hamaguchi, Drive My Car, Kenneth Branagh, Belfast, Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza, Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. I'd have to see Licorice Pizza to get the vibe. Like I said before, Spielberg, I don't think they'll give him an Academy Award for a remake. Kenneth Braun, I don't think they'll ever give Spielberg an award ever again. Not because he doesn't deserve it, but because I think he's so legendary and that they just go up. Spielberg's bigger than the Academy Awards. Um, and then Drive My Car. Yeah, Best Director. Hmm. I'm surprised Cohen wasn't listed in here for King Richard. My get I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give it to Jane Campion there, Power of the Dog, and she gets it because I really appreciate the fact that she fucking been kicking around forever, and we didn't hear about her till now. So the fact that she's persevered, I gotta give. I gotta give kudos. It's like an underdog story. Underdog, the Power of the Dog. I think we got something going for it. You know what I mean? What do you think for Best Director? Your boy. Um. Well, I mean, I Your have. Boy to, would be a good I, bet. I'm going with my girl, my girl, uh, Jane, but your boy, Brana could be a good bet, too. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I do like Kenneth, but uh, I think I'll have to do the same as you and throw my hat behind Jane for the same reason. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, us as, as struggling, you know, artists ourselves, seeing someone who like I said, it's obvious by her credits she's been doing this for a long time and 
she finally has she's finally at the big table and uh and we respect you know those who have worked hard have been working hard and finally get the chance to like like i said be at the big table so yeah, yeah. Not so we you. we throw our, our, our hats in the ring behind her i'm with you 110 my friend i think she's taking it next up best actor the nominees are Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dough, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Javier Bardem, Being Ricky Ricardo, and Will Smith, King Ricky Ricardo. Oh, King R- Richard, my bad. <laughs> um, damn, that's quite a fucking list of super talent there. Um... Being Ricky Ricardo, Javier has won an Academy Award before. I don't think they're going to give it to him for being an abusive Ricky Ricardo. Denzel Washington, the tragedy of Macbeth, won an Academy Award before. I didn't really hear too much buzz about the tragedy of Macbeth, so I don't think they're going to be shining too much love on the Coen Brothers vehicle this year. Uh, Andrew Garfield, tick, tick, ba-boom. Best actor. I haven't seen it, but I know that you give him high praise, so that's almost makes me want to pick him. Benedict Cumberbatch, I hate to say it, I don't get down with him that much. I'm not really <laughs> a fan. And uh, Will Smith, I enjoy, and he's never won an Academy Award. Um, and I do think that that movie is probably really good. And there's a lot of emotion to be had in that film with the ups and downs of getting to the point. And then, like, the, the emotion of getting there. So I'm going to have to and, – and Will Smith can do it. So I'm going to probably go ahead and say Will Smith for best actor. Um, and he's the star of the film. Like, the, the girls are young, so he's probably the leading character. You know what I mean? I'm sure they're fantastic in it. But uh, he's probably the main draw, you know what I mean? So I'm probably going to say Will Smith. And he's getting up there where he's probably trying really hard nowadays – because he knows that he's going to be getting to a point where he's going to be on the backswing. And once you're on the backswing, you're not getting those nominations anymore. So I think now is kind of Will Smith's time, realistically. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with Will Smith for best actor. What do you think? I mean, uh, the thing is for best actor, I mean, it's a murder role of great talent. Yeah. And, um, and the thing is, I'm, I'm sure that, the guy I'm going to pick isn't going to get it, but um, I'm going to have to go with Andrew Garfield because I not only do do I I enjoy him, I and also the fact is I did see Tick Tick Boom. Um, I do have to admit yeah. that I think that he should have been nominated for a different movie that he did. Which, Which I didn't see. I only saw the trailer for, yeah. and that was the uh, Tammy Faye uh, a movie. Oh yeah, because he seemed to. Too? Yeah, yeah, he plays the um, the guy that marries Boyfriend? Tammy Faye. Yeah, the guy who ma- marries Tammy Faye, okay. the uh, the sleazeball con artist. Perfect role for him. <laughs> But anyway, the thing is, Andrew Garfield uh, proves that, you know, he can definitely do a lot of different characters. And I mean, I, I, I loved him in Tick, Tick, Boom. 
I think that honestly, that his role in the Tammy Faye movie showed more um, depth and more, more um, actual talent. Yeah. Because I think in Tick Tick Boom, I don't think the character he played was that far removed from who he is. True. But the character he played in Tammy Faye looks extreme. Uh, looks like you know very different from who at least he portrays himself in the media and all that. True. So, either way, I mean, he did two movies this year, which I think shows his diversity and talent. And because of that, I mean, I'm going to, you know, put my hat. He's probably not going to win, but um, like I said, I mean, this year... I if if he could have been put down for both roles, that yeah. would have been awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Um, like I said, I like Andrew Garfield. I think he's very talented, and uh, I throw my hat behind him. Okay. Um, best actress, we have Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, Olivia Coleman, the Lost Daughter, Jessica Chastain, the Eyes of Tammy Faye, Kristen Stewart, Spencer. And Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. What a name. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and say Dagnab. The Eyes of Tammy Faye I actually want to see now. You just saw, you know, I want to see Garfield in it. I think he'd play that role good. And the whole thing is Tammy Faye, that whole deal is kind of a train wreck, if I remember correctly. It's very I, Tanya-like. I feel like it'll be right up there with I, Tanya, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so with the, and I haven't seen any of the films, unfortunately. So with this one, I'm going to roll with Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye, probably for this one. I'm going to take a gamble. I'm going to take a straight up shot in the dark and go uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye, Jessica Chastain. What do you think, bud? Same here. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that, again, it's another movie. I haven't seen them just going by the trailers. Um, not only do you have her playing this real-life character and seeming to embody this character. Um, I saw a trailer, uh, at, uh, an interview with her, a behind-the-scenes interview, where she made a comment that, you know, she grew up, she knew the story, she saw the, the tabloids, and, and instead of, she wanted to humanize this woman yeah. who... Everyone just looks at as a joke or as you know as a ridiculous you know a caricature, and uh, and I really appreciate that she wanted to try to tell this character's story, and also if you look at the trailer, it's her throughout the years, and she you know does a lot of makeup and all that to change her looks to yeah. follow the progression of the characters she's playing. And like I said, I mean, she looks like she really did a great job with the role. I mean, also you had Andrew Garfield walking off and the scenes with him just in the trailers were magnetic. So I go with her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, the big final one, I believe Uh, best picture. We have Belfast. Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, 
Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. It's a lot of films this year. Whoo! Well, with this one, I got to keep it, keep my love going, and I'm going to have to give it for Coda. I'm going to have to be pulling for Coda for best film. I think it it's the per, it's a good year for it. Um, I think it's an opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, give some give a little kudos back to some deaf filmmakers and deaf actors and such, and um, the deaf community of, of film. Uh, it's not every day that they, this lines up like this, you know what I mean? And I think that they do need that they need some recognition and they need a little like uh, job well done encouragement. We see what you're doing type stuff. And like I said, you don't get you know films like that all the time. So I think that it, this this will be that film's year. I think this is going to be the film of Coda. I think Coda is going to take all the gold and uh, do it big. You know what I mean? A lot of great films, man. Really, a lot of good films. There's films here that I know are good that I haven't even seen. There's films that I've here I've seen that were good. So, like, I'm feeling it. And I'm definitely going to try and catch up with on, on some of these. You know what I mean? Like I said, dude, I definitely, I, I'm curious if you've even seen West Side Story, The Power of the Dog, Nightmare Alley, I've been wanting to look into, Licorice Pizza, I wanted to look into, King Richard, I wanted to look into, Dune, I've seen and enjoying Don't Look Up, I enjoyed, Belfast looks cool, uh, Drive My Car, I'm interested in, because I always like, it almost has a Fellini eight and a half five to it. Whenever I see a, a movie about a filmmaker making a film, I always get interested in it. But uh, with all that being said, I got to throw my love and support behind all our people out there. So uh, I'm going to vote CODA. I'm going to vote CODA. My vote is uh, solid. Solid vote. Solid vote for CODA. I dedicate it to all the awesome deaf community that I've worked with throughout my years. CODA. Doing it. Nice. Alex, what are you? think of the best picture yeah. act i'll i'll have to uh, uh team up with my buddy here matt and go with coda also because i mean i mean, looking at all the other um ones yeah that uh, i think they're all great and 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 uh deserve to be nominated right. um except one which i already talked about <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Stephen, but I, I can't get behind uh, a, a a film that's already been nominated and won an a, 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 a Oscar before, and then you know being remade and then being put out for an Oscar. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'd go with Coda for the fact that out of all of them, I mean, we've had definitely films that promote you know um, the people with homosexuality. We've had you know, uh, people, uh, you know, different uh, films focusing on, you know, uh, teen angst, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, different um, uh, cultures and all that. But like we said before, uh, CODA deals with the deaf community. And I always think the deaf community has been so under... Um, uh, promoted or, or, or appreciated. Thank you. Appreciated. Respected. Yeah. See, see, that's why I have him on. He has the right words to say. Um, so, I mean, 
out of all of them, that that one I think deserves deserves uh, recognition, recognition for it's it for you know being you know focusing on a group that doesn't get a lot of uh, attention. I think. Yeah. All right, folks. Here's a tricky one. We've never done this before, but uh, in place of doing a bonus episode. We're actually cutting this chunk into an older episode. We're not too much older. The episode came out a day or two ago. But we're adding this on because of current events. And we don't want to dedicate a whole episode to the situation of a man smacking another man across the fucking face. You know what I mean? For some jokes. Were those jokes too much? Oh, were they just enough to get your face smacked off your fucking skull? You know what I mean? Now, for anybody out there that doesn't know about the uh, the current smack hurt around the world. I think everyone's heard about the smack I, hurt around the world. I think so, yeah. Uh, the uh, the Academy Awards, I think it was last night, as we're recording this now. Um, Will Smith, uh, Chris Rock, comedian extraordinaire, was up there. Some people call him the GOATS. A lot of people think he's one of the best that there ever was doing some stand-up. He was up there. I guess he was probably roasting the crowd, which has become a common thing uh, in more recent years. You see at the Academy Awards where they like to roast the celebs. I think the producers of the show go, let's give this is what they don't get. And at home, the people at home want to see these, these people get fucking roasted, man. So let the comedian give them hard times. Um, so I guess, Chris, I, I wasn't watching live. Um, did you watch live, fuck? No, no. I mean, I I found out about this when I I uh, woke up and uh, the next day, and uh, yeah, yeah uh, I mean, it's uh, it. W- I was what's really what that needed it? And... What what gets me is that you got you got those who were like you know all for like. You know, uh, supporting uh, uh, Chris Rock, and then you got those supporting Will Smith for what he did, yeah. and then you got those in the thing like, I understand why Will Smith did it. He shouldn't have hit him, but I understand. I understand both sides, to be honest. Do you <sighs> understand? Not you, agree. Want, you want my I, honest opinion? I do, <laughs> but n- not agree with. But do you understand? And then we can okay. break down. I because okay. I can break down why I understand both sides. All right, listen. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Okay, if you care for someone, someone makes fun of them. So that, real quickly, let's just if for anybody that might not know, we'll just say everyone what knows, Matt. Everyone knows. This could be forty years later. Somebody listen to this episode. Okay. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Chris Rock was making fun of people. He stopped at the table of Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, for anybody that are out there, they've been having a weird, weird go at it now with, you know, they. I think she came out, speculate, I can speculate, I think she said there was like a public thing there on a talk show or something, and she told them she cheated on him for the first time and blew his wig publicly. Um, I know they have an open relationship with it. It is what it is. If that's what you choose to do, that's what you choose to do. I got no hate for that. Um but I think she she like fucking roasted him a little bit in public, and he's been Will Smith's been kind of catching heat in the public. So I think that uh, and Chris Rock came in and he hit him with a joke. He hit her with a joke, realistically, where he said that uh, called the GI Jane. He's looking forward to seeing GI Jane two because her head was shaved, and I didn't know that she had that medical condition where she loses her hair. I don't know if Chris Rock knew either. 
Chris Rock did do a documentary a few years ago about hair, I think, or something weird like that. Um, but long story short, he says the joke. Will Smith gets up. Uh, he's laughing at first. I think it didn't quite hit him or whatever. Um, he's laughing at first. Then he goes over there uh, and he, he smacks him, smacks Chris Rock upside the face and then goes back to his chair. And Chris Rock was like, damn, man, it was a joke. Uh, and he goes, I don't care. I told you keep my name, my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And he was like, okay. And he's like, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And every you can just feel the tension in the room, dude. I wish I wish they showed pictures of other celebrities' faces. Actually, they they did. Oh, they, they did? did. Well, uh, if you go on like Facebook, they have like a grid of like Meryl Street, really? um, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, a bunch of others about uh, with you know shock looked on their faces. I've, I've been hearing a lot of people say if it was Dwayne the Rock Johnson, he never would have got out of his chair. Yeah, when it, uh, the the headline was clickbait when I first clicked on it, and it said Rock. It didn't say Chris Rock. It said Rock. So I thought that he hit that Will Smith fucking slapped the Rock, and the Rock would have had to probably fucking kill him to, for to rep, you know, so you don't lose his fucking respect in the streets. Yeah. You probably would have had to beat Will Smith to death. But all right, all right. So here, here's here's the thing. Here's okay. take on it. Okay, I've. There's a lot of different possibilities. This is how I think it kind of went down. First of all, uh, Will's first reaction was he's laughing. Then you see the shot of Jada Pickett-Smith looking, you know, annoyed, kind of pissed. That's when Will got up and he stormed towards uh, uh, Chris. Now, the thing is that... I think it was all good, you know, Will was going, but because, you know, Will and Jada had, had this weird relationship where I think that, you know, I think Will is, is madly in love with his wife. I and, and I don't get the same feeling that she feels the same way about him. I think Will's in the middle of a breakdown right now, unfortunately. So, so I mean, the thing is that I think with him looking and seeing her reaction, he wanted to go up and defend her as a public thing to kind of show Jada that he's man enough to take care of the issue. But, of course, first of all, uh, if someone makes a joke about someone, what you do is you make a joke back. You make fun of... Hey, Chris Rock, the best movie you ever were in was Grown Ups 2. Booyah! I mean, it's like... yeah. And plus, also, the joke that Chris Rock did, saying about, oh, can't wait to see in G- uh, G.I. Jane 2. I mean, honestly, it is such a softball, lame-ass joke that no one, no one would be talking about it the next day if Will didn't come up and slap Chris. Well, the question is whether he knew, if he knew he was sick or not. Is it? Is it? Is it? Because like, if he's just, I didn't know she was sick. I, I figured her hair was short for a fashion statement. And if he just thought she was doing it for a fashion statement, then I can understand the joke. But well, I mean, if it's a but, health but, thing, I can understand why but, they would get upset. Okay, over I, that. I, I, un, I understand. Okay, that you know. Y- it's it's not nice, and you shouldn't make make fun of people that are suffering from any health issues and all that. But here's the thing, okay? Yeah. I, I, 
if if someone's making fun of you or someone that you care about, okay, you respond in kind, okay? Yeah. If they make fun of you, you make fun of them, okay? Now, people say, well, I can understand him being upset. Fine, he can be upset. Jada can be upset. But yeah. in the middle, in, in the middle of an Academy Award where there's millions of cameras to actually walk his butt up there and smack Chris for saying a joke was, first of all, it'd be one thing if they're at a party and Chris made a joke. Another thing is his entire job at the Academy Award is to make fun of everybody. Now, yeah. is his joke... Um, you know, in hindsight, because of her condition and all that, was that a good joke to make? No. Okay? No. no. And also, it was a dumbass joke. He shouldn't have made it. Okay? But Will's response to go up and slap him is by far number one because, I mean, since we know this has happened, we know that 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 uh, Will has, has won the Academy Award for King Richard, okay? I think that he deserves that award, but who's does is anyone talking about him winning the award? No. No one cares. Right. No one cares he won the award. Does it care that he deserved getting the award? No. You know why? Because he got up and he slapped Chris Rock in the middle of this. I mean, that's the only thing anyone's talking about. That is kind of unfortunate. Okay? Like... That's what Will should feel bad about at the end of the day is like his big night where he won his first Academy Award is overshadowed by his actions of being foolish. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and the thing is that how old is he? How old is he? Probably like 50, early 50s. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Will. You're in your 50s. Grow right. up. Grow up. Okay. Yeah. You smacked okay. the shit out of him. You're, you're, you're not the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You're not in your 20s. You're not trying to be, you know, cool Will and, and defend your lady's honor. I mean, I mean, come on, dude. And, I mean, He's in the middle of a breakdown. He's having a hard time. He's, having, he's, we, he's the next Kanye West, I think. Dude, gonna, dude, dude, we all have hard times. We all have. I'm not just, yeah, I'm, I mean, you, I, you know how many times I go to work and I have people literally, you know, demeaning and calling me names and calling people I care about names? And I, I have to take I it? it. I, okay. I, I, I broke it into celebrity and, and regular person life. I got to yeah, make sure my uh, got it out. Well, the thing is, I got, I got news living, for you, Will. Living life together, hand no, 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 in hand. I got news for you. Okay, stakes and stones can break your bones. Words can never hurt you. Okay? Dude, by now, being 50, you should know that there's a right way of doing things and a wrong way of doing things. I mean, I just saw that he put out an apology. He apologized for his action. Chris also apologized for his joke and all that, which is kind of like, yeah, okay, it means nothing, okay? <laughs> Apologizing after the fact yeah. is kind of like, oh, uh, yeah, I was caught doing something I shouldn't have done. I feel sorry about it. No, you don't. No, you don't, okay? Uh, you're a grown-ass man. You act like a grown-ass man, okay? Chris Especially when... I said Chris Rock was very professional too. Like that could have escalated pretty far. Yeah, I mean the thing is that yes, you can give Chris a lot of crap about making a joke, whether it was whether he really knew the the issue with Jada or whether he didn't. He made a joke. Uh, 
that wasn't really funny that caused, you know, uh, someone to be upset, which isn't great. But you have to give Chris Rock credit. I mean, he didn't try to, you know, go back at Will Smith and try and make a joke to say, oh, you know, which and and he, he took the hit, he he accepted, and then he apologized afterwards. Which, I mean, his entire job as a host for the Academy Awards is to make fun of everybody. And yes, you know, can can they go across the line and say something that's not funny or might be hurtful? Yes. And if you got a problem with it, what you should have done was roast him back. And come on, I. Will Smith, you're a funny guy. You're a talented guy. You could have gotten him some great zingers back and put him in his place. Yeah. Like, you don't go up and you don't smack a guy in the front of everybody. It, I, I, I mean, it's there's a right way of doing things and a wrong way of doing things. And unfortunately, for him doing that, it overshadows his great win, which I think he justly deserves. Yeah. It's kind of assault. It's kind of like an assault thing. I'm surprised. It is an assault. Now, I you did, also uh, have to give Chris Rock credit. He didn't, I mean, he didn't try, I mean, Chris could actually have, you know, like called up the cops and, you know, press yeah, charges, which he didn't, which, you know, and and he also said, yes, I made a bad joke. I shouldn't have made that joke. And I apologize, which, you know, is okay. But it's kind of like, you know, apologizing for a waiter to bring you a a halibut, okay, yeah. which you ordered, okay, because that's his, I mean, being a comic, being a comedian, yeah. okay, part of it is improv, part of it is going off the top. You're going to have some, you know, like uh, scripted jokes, but and, and sometimes you're going off the top of your head and you make a joke that isn't funny or lands terribly or does something you did not expect, which is what happened with Chris. And the fact is, Will and Chris and Jada have known each other for years, okay? And what should have been is, if if Will wanted to do something, he should have walked up there and, and say, you know, dude, that wasn't cool. My wife has, I mean, instead of going up and slapping him, which I, I think thought that was... He- I think Chris, when he first went up there, Chris Rock thinks he was going to go up there and do one of those weird, like when they wrestle, like uh, like like the fake punch in the ribs type deal yeah. for a photo op type deal. And when he really slapped him, he fucking blew his mind apart. But yeah, like you were saying, they've known each other for years, so it's kind of like, um, you know, he has that, you know, he has he felt maybe betrayed that a friend would go there. Um, I don't know. I think there was a whole bunch of deals. It was the whole deal with the joke with it. It was just kind of how. Before this, Will Smith wasn't being looked at in a good light, uh, not as a bad dude, but just as kind of like a dude that was getting treated like shit and he was just taking it or whatever the fucking deal was. I don't know. but um, yeah. And maybe I, that is what added to his, his output. I think it and did. I feel sorry for him. But the fact is, I mean, it's, it's here's one of the things. When you get to a certain age, you do not have the. Um, I was going to say the the excuse for being, you know, uh, young and impulsive, okay? Especially in that kind of situation. Um, Yeah. I mean, like I said, I just thought that 
know, it was, yeah, like I said, I well, just I, thought that was extremely. You know, yeah. The fact that uh, the the biggest spoiler of the night was the fact that you knew the the fact that they didn't tell tell him to leave or he didn't get arrested is uh, you knew he was going to win that best actor, which I was correct that I won that point. I won a few of them, if not all of them. Uh, that's yeah. how great that's how great the deed was. But but yep. yeah, there was people talking about how it could have been staged. What was your opinion on it being staged? The argument there is that nobody talks about the Academy Awards anymore, but. They were talking about this. This is a huge deal. Do you think that they lowered to the point where any publicity is good publicity and they allow something like this to happen? That would kind of play into why if that happened with anybody else, you'd be like, what the fuck? You'd think they'd get took a, they'd be asked to leave or arrested. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Switch things around. Well, I think it could be a scarier environment. Everybody loves Will Smith. So that when he went crazy, they were in shock of what's going on. Not so much, you know, oh, we should call the cops. Whereas it may be like if it was uh, crazy or like, like when uh, Hakeem Phoenix there was going through his crazy time. If he did it, the cops would have came out for him. Or maybe like a Kanye now that he's on the, downs, the downfall. I think of Kanye's coming. I think if he approached somebody at a stand now, they'd probably have him ushered out of there. Um, that, so that kind of plays into the fact that it could be staged. And also, there's a lot of smiling going on. Like you yeah. said in the beginning, he's smiling when he says the joke, but I think he just didn't hit it. It didn't hit him yet. The joke. I, 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 I don't think. Around. I mean, the thing is, honestly, what hit him was his wife's look. If that's look, what hit. If you look yeah. leading up to the punch, it's almost like. And if you watch it, I've watched a couple angles of it. It looks like. Um, Chris Rock kind of places his feet and positions himself like he knows he's going to get hit. Um, Will Smith, right after he hits him, Will Smith turn around, turns around and you see him kind of smile a little bit. That could be nervous, angry smile. Sometimes that happens with people. That could be him smiling because he's, you know, trying, he's trying to hold character. Because he knows that he can always say later in life, well, look at him smiling there. It was definitely a gag. Like April Fool's was coming. They could pop up on April Fool's and say it was all a deal. Who the hell knows? Um, but I, I'm, I'm middle of the road on whether it was a work or if it was real. There, there's evidence on both sides of it. Um, Will Smith apologized recently, like you know, a lot really recent. So he wouldn't be apologizing, I guess, if it was fake, because he would just not say anything. And April Fool's is a couple of days away, I think. Just wait and drop it on that, that we tricked you. But if they wanted to go crazy into April Fool's, it would be a thing where now he's pressing charges on Will Smith, and now Will Smith's going to fucking prison. You know what I mean? That would be the April Fool's prank, but it looks like it's actually starting to die out. But uh, I heard rumor that they might try and pull his Academy Award. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, first of all, that's not going to happen, okay? Um, because the 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 backlash on that for the Academy itself would be, uh, um, you know, huge, right? And 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 the fact is that. That um, I mean, it, it 
the main reason why I don't watch the Academy Awards anymore is the, is is the fact that you know it's we all know it's political. I mean, it, when it comes down to you know if if something truly deserves because of a performance and all that, that usually is second fill to you know what they're trying to promote or uh, who they're trying to promote that year. Um, and the thing is, as you're saying, it being a stage, I would not put it uh, past the Academy Award like, hey, we need some Jerry Springer-like action to try to get people to come back and watch the Academy Awards. But yeah. I got news for you. A lot of the reasons why people aren't watching the Academy Awards is, you know, I don't know about anyone else, but... I have a hard time sitting down watching a show uh, with a lot of, you know, uh, people that, you know, when they go up and they start, you know, promoting uh, different their causes that they're for. Right. And, well, I'm all about trying to promote and help people. Yeah. It always feels more grandstanding. It's not like they're actually helping anyone. It's just like, hey, look, I'm actually a good person because I believe we should do this. Right. Which is like, yeah, we should do this, but, you know, it doesn't affect you. You're not going to be out there at the soup kitchen, you know, feeding the homeless. You're not going to be out there, you know, donating your you know, millions or billions worth of dollars that you have to help, you know, end any, anything. I mean, it's like, you know, what, watch, watching these people that live in kind of this bubble of, I mean, I, I love acting, I love storytelling, I love making films because I love the art of it. I love telling the story. I mean, hey, if I end up actually making, you know, de- uh, decent money out of it, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not expecting to ever end up to the level as a lot of these people at the Academy Awards. And there are a lot of talented people up there. I, and I have a lot of respect for their talent. But I'm sorry, but when I watch this, I just see grandstanding. And I just get sick and tired of it. Especially since a lot of these people don't, you know, have to deal with stuff like a lot of us have to deal with on a day-to-day life. I, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I have a major problem with the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. Because it's like, dude, okay, if you were, you know, at the same level as this same man and myself, and we did the same thing, you know what, we'd be carted off and we'd have charges pressed against us and, you know, you know, our, our, our careers ruined. But because Will is at a certain level, you know, uh, all he has to do is put out an apology, sending with Chris, we say, shake hands, everything's cool. Right. But, you know, that's because they're at a different level than we are. I've heard about that. Well, you know, we're going to try and fit this all into one episode. Uh, so we're going to try and we're going to cut this short, but everybody got a little extra one. Uh, this episode, we came back and tagged on a little extra because I don't know. We, the bonus episodes wasn't really working for us. We're doing those real short episodes for bonus. So we'll just tag it on there and make it a big old whopper of an episode. Hopefully it's not so big that we got to do it a two-part episode. That'd be garbage. That'd defeat the purpose. Uh, but what can you do? 
Uh, everybody protect yourself. Don't let Will Smith smack your face. And if he does, yo, press charges on that dude because he's a killer. He's a mean guy. Got to get people like him off the streets, smacking faces, doesn't know what comedy is. You know what I mean? It's he's a, Yeah, he's at the end of his rope. Uh, of course, he's about to be Kanye West, too. He's about to really lose his mind. He's going to be the, the film version of Kanye West instead of the musical version of Kanye West. But he's the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, dude. We all love him. You know, a lot of gigantic films. I think this will probably get brought. This is a huge news right now, but it'll probably fade quickly. They'll joke about it. Rappers will talk about it. It'll be a couple punchlines for a little bit. I'm curious to see if Chris Rock comes back with like jokes, like if he comes back at him, um, which would be interesting. He Chris Rock got shook the fuck up, dude. He looked like he was gonna cry when he got blasted. It's one of those weird things when he when he when he started to talk shit again and stopped himself. I thought to myself, is he stopping because he doesn't he wants to be professional and he doesn't want to get upset, get in trouble with the academy people, or is he stopping because it's quite possible Willie's gonna go up there, big Willie style. And uh, the next one's going to be punches. And uh, nobody, no security, nothing uh, got involved at all. So if Will went up there again, it'd be like it, Chris Rock would be getting that the, the horrifying vibe of everybody with their cell phones on him while Will Smith bit him to death. Beat him to yeah. death. You know what I mean? But, hey, what can you do? Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, rest in peace, Rays out of Moon. Scott Hall just passed recently. Uh, we also wanted to send out uh, some big love to Taylor Hawkins, you know what I mean, drummer of the Foo Fighters. We recently got to interview PJ McDonald, um, which was really cool about his new film, Studio 666, starring the Foo Fighters. And I uh, heard some stories about Taylor, so it was definitely super sad to hear about uh, that loss, you know what I mean? For sure. Me and Alex talked it. It was weird. It was weird. It was a weird vibe. You know, we were in that kind of universe for a little bit. Um, we got it. We got a little foo on us. You know what I mean? So uh, what can you do? You know what I mean? But that was definitely sad. So rest in peace, those folks. And again, enjoy the doubleheader. Hopefully it works out time wise for everybody. And we'll catch you all on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Peace.